0: Welcome to the Good Athlete Podcast, the voice of the Good Athlete Project. For today's episode, Jim is joined by another key member of the Good Athlete Project family, Riyad Pakmaz. Coach Pakmaz is an instructional assistant in the guided study program at New Trier High School. He has been with the Good Athlete Project since 2017 and works as an assistant strength and conditioning coach as well as powerlifting coach at New Trier Township High School in Winnetka, Illinois. In addition to his roles as a strength and conditioning and powerlifting coach, Riyadh has also coached football at the middle school and high school levels for the past five years. And with that, please enjoy our conversation with Coach Peckmez. All right, Coach Peckmez, we are here today to talk about culture. Culture, as you know, is the glue of any organization. It's the it's the day-to-day feel. It influences behavior. You know, so many important things, that I don't want to steal any of your thunder, so I'll stop it there. Oh, absolutely but, not. We're going to talk about culture on teams, and let's start with this. In our sort of mini team, nutrition, strength, and conditioning, or if we go to the Good Athlete Project, the subgroup that's affectionately been termed the Demon Slayers. That's a longer conversation, <laughs> okay. so we don't have to go into it. But let's just use nutrition, strength, and conditioning uh, as an example. So, for those who don't know, nutrition, strength, and conditioning. Um, you know, in year one, I essentially dragged a desk into an empty room that uh, my boss at the time, Randy O'Brempt, had outfitted with about, I'm not going to put a dollar sign on it, but a sufficient number, uh, excuse me, a a sufficient amount of equipment to serve the needs of about 30 students uh, at a time. That year, we served about 80 people over the course of the year, and the program kept building and building and building until now, when we see about 2,000 Uh, Visits over the course of a week during our busy time. Mm -hmm. And we have a staff, which you obviously are part of. Sure. Um, And an important part of the growth, an important part of uh, employee retention, an important part of uh, creating a meaningful environment, learning environment for young people is culture. So sort of with that in mind, this fall, you and I got in a discussion after sessions, which prompted me to pick up a book for you called... The Culture Code by Daniel Coyle, the, which is like anyone who's listening to this podcast has probably heard of the Culture Code. It like you know when it when it first came out, it was flying off the shelves. Uh, Dan Coyle's got like just a, a ton of meaningful insights, and, and the acclaim he's received for that book is so necessary. So why don't we just kick it off, Pac, sure. with with uh, just one meaningful takeaway or story from that text? Well, first
1: of all, yes, sir. The best part about this is I'm not a big reader. And I know every single time I walk into your office, yes. there are dozens of books, whether they're in your car, or on the desk, or I do couch. like to read. And yeah. when you told me, Peck, you need to read this book, I knew it was something different. Yeah. And I took your word for it because the last time I read, I think it was either Goosebumps or uh, <laughs> Junie B. Jones or something okay. like that. Totally. Arl so Stein. We gotta get yeah, Stein exactly. on podcast. Exactly. Exactly. So when you told me to read this book, I was like, okay, <laughs> there's something more to it here than a little horror story. Fair enough. But. Um, you know, this is, this is such a good book to read, especially for a guy who was just myself, I'm speaking for myself here, just involved in strength conditioning, works in a high school, um, is also still in school trying to get things done. That's right. And it really just motivated me just by chapter by chapter. And one of the key things here that I read about is um, Popovich is Coach Pop. Oh, yeah, yeah. I remember we talked about this. Such a good story, yeah. And just how he makes people, how he makes people feel like they belong somewhere. And the first thing he does... So, so before you say that, for, for those who
0: don't know, who's Coach
1: Popovich? He's the head coach at Antonio, San Antonio Spurs. The NBA, I think he's been coaching the NBA for at least 20-something seasons Ages, now. Ages, Got to right. be up there. Won and, many championships. Yep. Known to win championships with players who probably weren't number one overall projected picks
0: Did in you, the draft. I don't know if you uh, caught this in, before you read about Pop... This is one of the things that stands out, and I'm sorry if I'm no, saying no, exactly what you're about to say. But like one of the reasons he, you know, there was a headline I forget which wh- I forget where it appeared, but there was a headline that essentially said uh, Coach Popovich is impossible, hmm. and it was coming and in, 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 it was referring to this idea that if you graded out players in terms of talent, you know, project and how they projected to the NBA, his winning percentage should just it w- was so far beyond it should never have happened. Like mm-hmm. the championships again, the winning percentage to regular seasons, um, like you like you mentioned, he wasn't getting number one draft picks, and and the way that professional sports goes, you know, they aim for equity. You don't want one team to run the show all the time. That's so right. it's like you do well, you don't draft as high. You know, it, it, there's that sort of equation. It so reminds you of the Patriots a little bit, kind of so. like the Patriots, right? right. And right. So uh, you know what Popovich did with the Spurs is uh, just is such a meaningful experiment um, or case study in coaching and culture, that that's where this picks up. Totally, exactly. So uh, one of his, one
1: of Pop's first cues that I picked up in this book that I read was you're a part of this group. And that just meant something to me right away, as opposed to walking in, we'll use the weight room in this case and having kids come in and strength conditioning for the first time. They might've never picked up a barbell. Some other students in there might've been there for three, four years now mm-hmm. in, in that weight room. So for them to come in, you need to make them feel like they're bringing something special in here. Let them know that, hey, it's not about how much weight you're gonna be lifting today. It's not about how great your form looks today. It's not about how many people you know in here. It's that you're bringing something in here that's special that we're able to identify as coaches in that yeah. moment. So for an example here, um, we'll have somebody approach a bar, make them feel special, and we'll, we'll you know we'll guide them through it, tell them how they're gonna go through things and what they're gonna do and what the expectations are. Of safety, number one, of course, we preach it. They approach the bar, we tell them what they need to do. Now they're going through with the movement. It might not look great, and that's right. expected, but then we can praise them for like listening to us and being coachable and telling them you know what great hand placement that looked perfect on the bar right but your depth let's just work on that a little bit more feet looked excellent toes are pointed straight good posture underneath the bar but let's see what we can do in order to get you low enough on this squat right as opposed to going up there and telling the student whose name you might not honestly even know when they first come in when we're working with 50 60 athletes at once sure oh, you'll get lower Right, right, right. And right. You know, who wants to hear that? And a lot of times making them feel like they're part of this group, it's almost like you have to put yourself in their shoes mm-hmm. and sort of think of how would I want to be treated by a coach? Right. A big coach who's yeah. got a big beard, who's intimidating, who's scary, you know, who's yelling and screaming, It's my first time in here. How am I possibly gonna feel special yeah. in this moment?
0: That's so interesting. So you, you've already said so much and we haven't even and gotten to the that's the to first Popovich. cue, I know. I there know, but I love it. I love, it, I love it, I love it. I want to touch on that real quick sure. only because you bring up, um, you know, empathy. Sometimes in the pursuit of, you know, big goals, empathy is one of the first things to go out the window. And that's true across professions, right? Like you want so badly to accomplish X, Y, or Z that you forget to, uh, or you, you begin to lose perspective. Sometimes you forget what it was like to be 16 and entering a room like that for the first time. Like you, you know, you become so comfortable in this space as a coach that you have these high achievement goals for yourself. You know, that, you know, see how that ma- and, and that it becomes. You know, the farther away from it you get, and the better at it you become, maybe the harder empathy then becomes. So yeah, you know, I'm, I'm just sort of. No, and that but, makes sense to me. And you do it really well, so elaborate But on that. mind you, yeah. and
1: I'll, I'll go over that. And I remember the first moment where something like that you know, struck was um, I enjoyed bench pressing in high school a lot, and I really looked forward to those days. And when yeah. we would come in the weight room and lift when I was 15, 16, 17 years old, I'd have really good on days and really good off days. And to me, an on day consists of just bouncing a bunch of weight off my chest. yeah. And one day I went home, uh, this is probably 2015, just around summertime in, in, in college. And I was going through some old videos on my computer and I showed my dad this video of myself, just bench pressing, a bunch of weight and having the team around me, supporting me, cheering me. And I was really happy about that. And my dad, for whatever reason, literally looks at me and goes, you know, what's that kid's name in the video in the back? I go, oh, I have no idea. And know, does he play football? I go, yeah, we've been on the same team for the last three years. Ooh. And at that point, I knew I was like, okay, it's, it's more to it. There's more to it than just this little spotlight I had for 30 yeah. seconds in a video when there's a kid back there who definitely does something special. Yeah. A kid, not just a kid, my teammate. Right. Somebody who I have to trust on the football field. Yeah. And we have similar goals yeah. that we're trying to achieve. And yeah. I don't really know their name. And I didn't even recognize them when they came inside that weight room. Yeah. And at that point, I sort of held on to that with me in coaching um, like peewee football, making my way over into the high school level. So now as a coach, I love the But mind you, I, I love the spotlight of players lifting and squatting big. That's great. Yeah. But I also love highlighting those who have been around now consistently. Yeah. They've been coachable. They've been doing exactly what we've been, what we've been telling them to do. Mm-hmm. But maybe they don't get that spotlight. So that spotlight's got to come from us. As totally. coaches and as leaders and to them, like, even mentors going up to them and us being that spotlight that they will get. It might not be with them, you know, benching I'm, I'm the with a huge you. crowd around you, it, but maybe we're telling them something they've never heard before, considering that they've never possibly even done this before
0: in the weight room. We have such a unique opportunity to highlight the things that really matter and map on the success for life. That's what I think I'm hearing mm-hmm. you say. When you mentioned like... You, you, you can highlight a young person for having good posture. Man, that's that doesn't take any skill. It takes like attention to detail. It takes uh, you know that coachability concept, like listening to the directions of, of leaders and mentors, and then implementing or acting on the, the newly acquired understanding. Like these are really important things. Like you get you did a pretty good squat. Let's see if we can work on the range of motion in the hip and get a little more depth. And then applauding them for it. so that's what excites me most when, you, when you're talking about this highlight, you were applauded at this point, which was a, a, a different version of you, still a good version, right? Sure. <laughs> but, you know but early in the evolution, just like everybody, you know you're a teenager. Um, and, that, and maybe it wasn't as clear, but you were getting the spotlight. You were getting the applause because you were doing something that other people couldn't do. Mm-hmm. the weight was just so impressive that you were getting this applause and and you just it's such an important idea from our perspective and yours now as a as a coach that that you mattered in that weight room but like you mattered like pac-man mattered and your bench press was sort of second to that exactly and the kid in the back of the video he mattered too and the kid spotting you mattered and the kid in the far distance applauding you mattered like every one of them mattered and again the special thing about the weight room is you know, unlike the football field, there's one person that scores the touchdown and that person usually gets their name in the paper in the weight exactly. room. If we're focused on the right things, those being attention to detail, consistency, growth over time, all these things, then there's just countless ways to applaud and highlight these young people. And I believe at that point, once you tell
1: an athlete that you are part of this group and you are special and you sort of get that feeling, and you know, that takes time you know, to really realize and identify. All right, they get what I'm saying. They understand what I'm saying. Then you also let them know what the standards are here. And that's cute too. You do understand what the standards are. Let's look around the room really quick. There's a reason there's 40, 50 team photos of here of this school winning state championships. Right. Believe in what we have to tell you. Believe in the coaching that you're receiving. Come in, give us everything you got. Be consistent, be a good teammate, and you're special. This is what it's about. It'll all come together. This is your moment. You are a part of what we're doing.
0: You're part of what we're doing, and that, and you keep, and and you're totally right. And that is our culture. That's the culture. And We say this on day one. You don't have, as soon as you walk in the door, you've you've earned our approval. Right. You don't have to, or, or rather, you don't even have to earn our approval. Just being here, like you're valued, and we try to express that from day one. And we always say this, like, look, you can chip away at our trust. You know what I mean by by what goes on, but you but you don't have to earn it. You already have it. Yeah, that that's the beginning part that you know that's day one of, our, of the culture that we try to create anyway we're talking a lot about our our culture at and conditioning um tell me more about um coach popovich and the culture that he created well first of all you need a safe place
1: for yeah. this person to give their effort right and the yeah. way he creates a safe place is just something completely different that i think he does in a group setting and that's yeah. one-on-one immediately working up close and personal with an athlete. Okay. Right? Using body language, being able to talk to you. You're in a situation, let's say we'll use Pops' situation or case here. in a gym with maybe 15, 20 guys, a bunch yeah. of coaches, a bunch of people walking around. He'll pull you over and you can see, I mean, just like most coaches now, successful yeah. coaches, they pull you over and they talk face to face for about 10, 15 minutes on the side of practice. Yeah. To listening to you, literally listening to, asking you, listening to you. And when they're <laughs> listening to you, it's like, oh, really? Like, tell me a little bit more about that. Yeah to, Like get it out of them January How's your day going? Listening. Yeah Good Really What's so good about your day? Right And you can be so enthusiastic about it That it comes off as almost sarcastic Yeah, yeah. But it's not you're, mm-hmm. on, you're just enthusiastic about the situation And you want to know what was so good about your day So that's the first thing It's just coming up close Being personal Letting them know Hey I'm going to take 15 minutes out of our practice For me to talk to you Let's see what's going on Tell me about your day How is life? And then of mm-hmm. course, I think once you sort of grasp onto that like sort of relationship relationship and connection there, then that's where we start, that's where pops like performance feedback, and that's the second point in this book. Mm-hmm. It's just this relentless coaching and criticism that translates to like, we have high standards here, and I know we just talked about that. Yeah, But now you're able to connect a little bit more, and you're listening to a coach who just spent 15 minutes talking to you about your weekend, or why you're having a bad day. Now, I would love feedback from somebody like that, and not a coach who's never said anything more than hide by, yeah, yeah, get lowered for me right in a weight room yeah, I'm yeah. going to listen to Coach A, and I think that's something that pop does really well. Yeah, you're so right, I'm reading here.
0: Yeah, I think it's so what's interesting to me about what you just said is how obvious it should be and then how, obvi- how obviously glossed over it often is. does that make sense? For sure. so like for sure like you're, I think about the people. Okay, Like you and I had a conversation, we were just debriefing from a conversation that we had mm-hmm. yesterday mm-hmm. where there was some like the front end of the day got a little muddy, got a little frustrating. Um, and then there's a communication glitch that we were able to sort of sort through and work through. And it was awesome. Um, and I I told you this already, but I so was so grateful for your feedback on that. You know, you don't you don't work through those things without an existing sense of trust and safety in an existing relationship. If, if I asked, I'm imagining like just a substitute teacher situation. No offense to subs. I was one for a while and it was actually one of the most fun jobs I ever had. But, um, you know, if someone had tapped in, if it was just some random person in the weight room with me yesterday and it wasn't you. You know, that conversation doesn't exist or it exists in a much more surface level sort of way. So this idea that I hear you bring up is connection, and two of the means to connect, you said, are like literally like physical proximity, like get face-to-face, be with the person, ask genuine questions, okay, so now you're establishing connection and trust, um, and then the performance feedback can come. If you invert that order, I just don't think there's any way you could possibly get a high level of receptivity, you know, how, and that's that. Yeah. Seriously. It,
1: it, it really is. And one of the best phrases that pop had um, that was mentioned in this book was based off of feedback and criteria is I'm giving you these comments because I have very high expectations mm-hmm. and I know that you can reach them. And that could have been, this is what we do here, and do it.
0: Yeah, or yeah. instead of just like, look, th- yeah, this is the first standard You see standard that guy. trophy
1: up there? That's right. what we do here. No, it's I have high expectations. And say, I yeah, say that quote again. Them. I really like that. I'm giving you these comments because I have very high expectations, and I know that you can reach them. Yeah. And that is such a big difference, like I just said, to yeah. see the trophy. That's what we're about. Yeah. Now let's do it. Right. Come on.
0: And that's, uh, and that's Popovich – Talking like to Hall of Famers.
1: And here's the best part is pop knows his audience because he spends yeah. 15 minutes during practice getting to know each individual one by one. So he knows he's going to win them over. Yeah. He's not talking to the group. He's talking to them one by one. I love that. You're D- tapping into, sorry, you're tapping. <laughs> I'm just like, I get excited. I love it. Talking this is, this. You're so good at this. So continue. And You're tapping into certain areas and feelings and emotions with individuals that probably haven't been tapped into in such a long time. You talk about because think you're about a, a player. Yeah. yeah, you're, you're a yeah. professional a- athlete. It's a good point. You know, you're making a whole bunch of money. You have this daily routine that you've been doing for maybe 10 years now, yeah. and you have a coach here, maybe for the first time in your career. Maybe it's your 10th year in the NBA.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Who for the first time is asking you, like, what's your favorite food? What'd you have for dinner last night? Yeah,
0: he cares about you, not how many points he scored the night before exactly big difference exactly
1: and that's honestly the third point in all this is the big picture perspective larger conversations about politics history and food that translate as life is bigger than basketball Mm. and think about how many hours you will use uh, you and i Mm -hmm. have spent after sessions or before them talking to kids about life how many uh, how many hours did you and i spend during my time here just me coming in during your workday yeah. during a ninth period, yeah. talking about just go- whatever losing weight. Yeah, you know how's your family? Yeah, where do you want to go to school? Yeah, what are you doing this weekend?
0: And I will listen to that coach.
1: Yeah, <laughs> we talked f- about yeah. this. Before.
0: Yeah, I will yeah. listen to that. And, and um, you know, our mutual friend, <laughs> uh, fellow demon slayer, Coach Nadal. <laughs> yeah. You know, that's one thing that he has always, I think, found so intriguing about environment and the culture that we've tried to create here is like yeah granted we work with pretty bright kids but also we talk about stuff like we the the idea that quantum physics would come up in our weight room is not would i mean it's not a startling idea it has happened a number of times um you know theories of relativity language um philosophy like complicated stuff will come up uh, it doesn't always have to go. You just mentioned the big picture perspective. It doesn't always have to be that big picture, like contemplating the, mm-hmm. you know, the extent of the known universe. But but the idea that we'd be willing to entertain those conversations, I, I'm just going to sort of pat the culture of of what we've created on the back and say this: there are a lot of things that happen, and I'm, I'm I hope this doesn't sound any less than humble, but I just I do think it's true. There are a lot of things that happen in our weight room in our facilities that just aren't happening no. in, in many weight rooms. Mm-hmm. You know. I, it, it's so good to say that. It's so good to be able to say that and mean it. And 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 now that you've said it, man, we're we're more than a decade into this experiment. The yeah. experiment that is nutrition strength and conditioning. And there's a reason that it's grown to what it is. And there's a reason people come back to you and want to be oh, here. Oh, that's
1: nice. But listen, we I heard or listened to another podcast. Okay. And there's a reason people graduate high school and go out to college and don't get that coaching. Hmm. Potentially ever again. Yeah, and that coaching could have just been, "How are your mom or dad doing?" Like that, literally that, and they still come back here. Yeah, yeah, and and maybe that is their like, "I want to go back to where I felt comfortable, where I felt a connection, and maybe the only connection I've ever had like this." And look at our staff. Look at your look at what we got going on here.
0: Yeah, we have a great group. We have an incredible staff. Incredibly grateful for our staff. That's true, and, and when you, it's weird when you said that, I, it was like, it's humbling. It makes me feel good. It also kind of makes me feel sad that like, you know, you know, you think about like, you know, you hear these stories about people peaking in high school in terms of athleticism, and that was like whatever, mm-hmm. but but to think that one would peak in high school in terms of like, um, their access to mentorship and good coaching that feels like a, a real shame. And, and if I'm being totally honest, that feels like a lot of the inspiration of the Good Athlete Project. And that's what it, it is. Yeah, 100%. Someone asked me uh, just the other day, like, you know, how is this evolving? How is the Good Athlete? And, and what I said was, you know, Nutrier, the, the work that we've done at Nutrier is so meaningful and is, has been a positive influence in the lives of so many that it, it really does fuel all this other stuff. Like, we can't let that stay within the walls of Nutrir. That We have to scale that. You know, and that really, that's... That is, honestly, it's oftentimes the heartbeat of the Good Athlete Project. How do we get that mentorship into into other organizations and teams and locations all across the world? Mm -hmm. If we can do that, that feels like we've done something really meaningful. So um, I appreciate that feedback. I I I think you are kind of right, man. Of course.
1: I didn't come back because I was going to get another spotlight bench pressing. Because You know, I I didn't come back for a spotlight. You can still... Move some weight. I can move some weight, but I'll tell you what, I came back to help out where I was in that corner in that video at the time. Oh man, that's you know, and and that that's a big, big part of it. Yeah. And you gave me the title and you helped me with this two and a half years ago, the CIO and that was the chief inclusion
0: officer. Yeah. That's right. And that's exactly what I'm still doing. That's right. When did that come up? That we had some young folks in the in the weight room. Do you remember that? You know what? I think it was one of our um
1: female athletes. One, I, I mean, it was probably dozens of them, but one was on the uh, Ultimate Frisbee team. Yeah. And she came in with, you know, some of these guys are like 6'2, six 6'3. Six yeah, she, yeah. She was on the team as well. Yeah. You know, with soccer players in there and football players. And she was the only female athlete in the room at that time. Yeah. Which is totally fine. Yeah, totally that fine. That's an right. opportunity we need to jump on as coaches, be able to identify. And just offer the exact same coaching that we would have offered totally. the guy who's in the rack bench pressing.
0: So when we designated you the CIO, what we essentially did was we, you know, we assessed the room, recognized that this person felt a little less comfortable than the rest, and we, and, and also um, much less experience in terms of lifting. So that that's one of the difficult. Or one of the real challenges of our situation is that you have such a range of experience levels and abilities. So we, yeah, we sent you over, and we're like, hey, go make that person feel valued, included, and try to just use the warm up, use the bar warm up that we that we uh, teach all of our athletes. Use that as your entry point. So just mm-hmm. use that as to talk. Use that to give positive feedback. You know, and, and you know this as well as I do that even over ten minutes spent with someone you can see growth and improvement. So that person with that sort of attention can leave feeling just really, really good about themselves. And at that
1: point, those are the things we need to acknowledge and we still do at the end of our sessions is where you come in, we put you through a workout, we talk about life for a little bit and we remind you, look at how many different movements you've just done today. Yeah,
0: we do. Yeah, that's right. Look at
1: how many more reps you did compared to 45 Mm -hmm. minutes ago when you walked through this door. Right. The conversations we had. And just, you just—they seem like different people by mm-hmm. the end of the session.
0: You know, that's a good point. You know, seven different movements that you did not know, when you walked in the door, you did hundreds of repetitions. You were with you know, a group of your peers. Like, if you start thinking about it like that, man, what a meaningful environment. Okay, so let's give some some real like takeaways to our listeners. Uh, let's talk about some things that have, you know, in terms of culture building within. Let's use the weight room, but you can do it, you know, if you think of of one for football or or anything else you've been involved in, go there too. But, like, what are some meaningful strategies uh, that people can use in their spaces to build culture? Hmm.
1: Getting closer together. And there was a part in this book, oh, I forgot the company, where they were undergoing some changes and just trying to figure out how to become more successful as a staff. And they had people come in and sort of observe everything that was going on. And that moment, they realized it was something. Lines up that, that the tables were too far away. That people yeah. were simply separated and just left as individuals working on one-on-one work and not being able to come together and sort of share their ideas and see where they were where, where they were at with one another. Mm-hmm. You know, if you're sitting on, on the other side of the room over there and you're working on some we're, we're working on a group project, you're on the other side, and I got my head into my computer, and we meet again after two hours and go, right, What do you have? What do I have? that's not gonna do it so much. Yeah. I mean it might, ultimately in the long run it might because we have to turn something in. Mm-hmm. But if I bring your table closer over here and we sit together, and we you know we share, we feedback, we exchange thoughts and opinions mm-hmm. and we're honest with each other. And I go, okay, I don't like that that much. Mm-hmm. But here's why. Yeah. I think the other part is great, mind you. Like, I think that was excellent. That's a better title than I had on this. But that part, what, what can we do with this? Look what I have, let me share with you what I have. Yeah. And just bringing people together, in even in a team setting, in an office building, or at home, families especially, right? Yeah. Spending yeah. time together, and I know it sounds cheesy and cliche.
0: No, but it's, it, it matters. But just get closer. You've, me- you've mentioned physical proximity a couple times, and it makes so much sense. Think about what quarantine has done to people. Like oh, if you're sitting around a, a, a dinner table versus, you know, you know, sharing a, a drink over Zoom. Both positive experiences, but clearly different.
1: I mean, we're able to see it right now
0: every day. Even in classrooms, same thing. Yeah. It's hard to collaborate well. Okay, so I like that. That's a big takeaway. I I think that's good. And I think that's something I'm trying to think of of the usability of that for coaches in in this moment. I think that's exactly right. So thinking about – okay, so thinking about – Not only having physical experiences under the same roof in the same space, obviously that's good, but like even thinking about group dynamics, like who's in, um, you know, could, is it important to get lifting groups together, Mm -hmm. right? And, And intentionally pair a leader with a novice or something like that. Or do you want a more fluid weight room and just make sure that even though the strong guys sort of uh, or girls sort of congregate at one rack at a given time that uh, there's always some element of, uh, of cross-pollination where group A goes over to cheer for group B in the far corner. Then when when they're on the track, you mix and match the group. So uh, being intentional, if I'm hearing you correctly, with, with the how how frequently you um, you know, the, yeah, the how and why of, of physical proximity—that feels like a meaningful thing to do. Uh, can I throw one out there that's been an Absolutely. effective one for years? For when you're in a situation like the weight room where we don't have a uniform, we don't make make anyone wear anything. You know, um, we call it the T-shirt trick. It's mm-hmm. such a simple entry point, but you know, someone wears a T-shirt into the weight room, and the easy entry into conversation with that person is you know, like you said, how's life? Like, what's, what's up? How's it going? How, how's your day? Whatever. Oh, you like Nirvana? Cause we're wearing like a Nirvana t-shirt hypothetically. That's all. Like, you know, what's your favorite song? Whatever. Um, I see you smiling. I'm, so pick I'm, it up. I'm, from I'm there. smiling right now.
1: Um, because I got a pretty awesome story and it made my day today. And I have a student in my guided study class who I work with, who I help with time management and organization. I take yeah. a look at their grades, just a little background, I take a look at yeah. their grades and sort of help prepare them for the week and make sure they feel good about what's going on. Yeah. And I have a student who I really had some trouble connecting with. And I don't want to say usually that's not the case, but there's always something. There is the t-shirt. There are the yeah, shows. Yeah, yeah. There are like, I don't know, what are you watching when, when you're on your phone, when you're coming in? What did you do this weekend? Yeah. But this one was just really hard to crack. And we'll just call him Max in this case. I don't have any okay. Maxes. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Max, we come, need Max an comes yeah, in yeah. and he sits down. I go, Max, how's your weekend? And he looks at me and goes, you ask me this every weekend. I go, yeah, <laughs> of course I do. I go, yeah. but, I go, Max, why don't you ask me how my weekend was? Yeah. And he goes, all right, Mr. Pete, how was your weekend? I go, great. Great, but not, now it's even, I mean, I'm just happy it was over so I get to spend some more time with you. Like, yeah, and yeah. now there's that sarcasm that I talked about earlier. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But again, I'm actually doing that awkward, enthusiastic teacher yes. to student thing. Yeah. And so he's kind of like, whoa, like, relax, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And I was like, okay, so why don't you tell me about your weekend? And he goes, well, I played Warhammer. And I go, wait, 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 Warhammer. And I've seen this before. I've seen this somewhere, and I'm trying to think. And he's talking to me. I'm starting to zone out for a second. I'm like, i got to tell him, Warhammer. I've seen it before. This is my moment. This is my time to really connect with Max here. What am I going to do? Don't panic. I go, hey, there's a Warhammer shop on the corner of Glenny and Waukegan. And he looks at me and goes, what? And I go, yeah, right? Isn't this that board game? It's got like robots or something. It's like a table board game. And he goes, yeah, how'd you know? And I go, I drive by every single day on my way to work, yeah. to and from like work every single morning. And he goes, me and my friends, you know, sit in the car for an hour to drive to the city to go find this shop. Like there's, I guess there's another one in the city. Yeah. yeah. And he goes, you're telling me there's one 15 minutes away. And I go, yeah, there's one 15 minutes away. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. And he goes, thanks, Mr. P. Check this out. And now he starts showing me some of his right. pictures that he's working, like literally things that he's painting. He's showing me these figurines and these things that he's painting, and he's like, one of these fifty bucks, it's really fragile. Like I can't, you know, I gotta take my time, all the colors. And now I'm starting to talk to him a little bit yeah, more. Yeah. And I get it. He's one of my students, is in here for about thirty-five minutes and we gotta talk about organization and planning, what kind of tests and quizzes you have. But I can't do those things until I kind of break into him and tap yeah. into that yeah, yeah. relationship that wasn't there before. Going back to Pop's thing where we talked about the yeah. players. And I found it. And I'm telling you every single time he comes in we're talking about Warhammer. I don't. I still don't know exactly what it is. Right, but there's a store right. I drive by. Right. And it, all it takes is for me to go on Wikipedia for a couple minutes, well, read we'll about see, something. Yeah. And this kid and I can have a 35-minute conversation about Warhammer. He just wants somebody to listen to him, it seems like, yeah, about totally, this game. Of course. And then he's going to trust me the next time he comes in. And now we can start talking about some of
0: the skills that he never wanted to talk about in the beginning. The I'm imagining the title of the podcast like keeping an eye out for Warhammer (laughs) because what it makes me think of is like uh, it it doesn't have to. Warhammer could obviously be anything, but you have your eyes so wide open for a a potential connection like that that that's why you're able to make Mm -hmm. it. And that, going back to this idea, is just part of this culture. That's the culture that we've all been building together. Mm -hmm. And you gave me a really nice compliment earlier about the program, but really the program is a... It's a culture that is also, it's creative, it's created in part by the active participants in it. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So like, obviously you're an enormous part of the culture as, as designated CIO, but um, the, that I think it, it needs to be recognized. You know, some people will hear that and, and think, well, that sounds very specific. That's your situation with your kid and you know, I'm, I don't always drive by a store, store that my yeah. kid wants. To, a specific whatever. gaming store. But yeah. I think that would be missing the point. That the point is that you were you were sort of pressing the issue, but in a in a, a thoughtful way. You know, you weren't overbearing, pressing the issue in a thoughtful way, constantly throwing a line out to the kid, exactly. and finally, you know, with your eyes wide open for a potential connection, you know, one erupted, and from there, trust him feeling safe and heard, a relationship being built, and ultimately these other positive outcomes in the back end. So, yeah, man, it's it's like, you know, and...
1: It's almost like we're playing roles of detectives here.
0: <sighs> kind of, just, yeah. Just,
1: just trying to find a little bit about you. If you're a yeah. tough one, you know, a hard one to get to open up, yeah. let's figure it out. Let's yeah. pick up on some patterns here keep walking in with the red
0: shirt on all week. I'm going to ask you what your favorite color is.
1: Yeah, yeah, there you go. Yeah.
0: and Totally. And and it takes sort of a, it it takes a fitness, like you have to want to do this work regularly, which brings me back to this idea that, you know, oftentimes, you know, people will listen to podcasts and look for resources and, and, and experts on Instagram, social media and stuff like that, that have an answer. And I am so thoroughly convinced that there is no one-off answer. The answer is be thoughtful, create a culture that maybe that is inclusive, that you can do these things that you've talked about that makes people feel like they're part of what's going on, uh, that allows for, in, in Popovich terms, relentless pursuit of the standards, mm-hmm. right? But, but thoughtful, uh, you know, uh, this sort of all enhancing culture, and then honestly, developing a fitness for good work. You know because there is no it's it, there's never gonna come a time you know the problems are never gonna go away it's not like all of a sudden you've got one skill or one drill or one thing to hang on the wall that's gonna change everyone's life forever it, it what what happens is you you get you you deepen your toolbox so your skill set improves you know like the you know your engagement skill set yeah. or whatever your skill set improves and you develop a fitness for doing it so you know down the road, like I'm, I'm picturing you even three, four years ago, you, I, maybe you could easily assume that maybe you never get to that place with that kid because you just give up. Sure. You know what I mean? And I, I don't mean to pinpoint you, but if, if you didn't have the same fitness for doing this work back then, you might have a conversation with the kid. You're like, man, he's just shut off. You know what I mean? Because you don't have your own, you know, like enough endurance to to keep pursuing. So the deepening of the skill set, the being thoughtful, the creation of culture, and then just having the uh, understanding that the purpose is so meaningful that you're willing to just keep going at it. That's really the only way. And it sounds hard, but just like fitness, it gets easier over time. Mm -hmm. The first mile is hard for everybody. And then the more miles you run, you actually begin to enjoy the process. You can do it better. You can do it longer. You can do it faster. It doesn't seem like as much of a burden you know, that metaphor holds for thoughtful coaching as well. So here's what we got to do just for time. We're going to pause this. Okay. Okay. And we're going to call this part one of a continuing conversation on culture development. Awesome. How do you feel about that? I I think that's awesome. All right. I feel great about it. Part one in the books. Uh, very quickly, if anyone wants to reach out and learn more about you, of course, we're on Instagram at Good Project. Uh, we're together kind of on Instagram at NT Strength. And then do you have any social media anymore? I don't have any social media. Well, then what's a good I'd email a to reach break.
1: you? Let's just go at coachpekmez
0: coach at gmail.com. Coachpekmez, yeah. P-E-K-M-E-Z M-E-Z at gmail.com. All right, you're a good man. I look forward to the next one. Appreciate you having me. Thank Thanks, you. Peck you need business cards? Do you need flyers, posters, custom thank you notes, or any sort of stationery to take your business to the next level? If so, then you've got to see the good people at Mighty Printing. They've got two locations. One of them's up north in Glencoe, Illinois. The other is right in the heart of Chicago on 180 West Washington Street. They do most of the printing for the Good Athlete Project and we just could not do our business without them. They've also worked with teams like the Chicago Bulls and the Chicago Blackhawks. They've worked with Let Us Entertain You Restaurant Group. They do holiday cards, they do wedding cards. They help you, they help you not only celebrate special occasions, but make them that much more special. And like I said, if you are a small business owner or a large business owner, they will give you the sort of personalized service combined with incredibly high quality goods. You just can't find that combo, honestly, anywhere else. Find them online at mightyprint.com. That's M I T E print, P R I N T.com. And on Instagram, same thing, at mightyprint, M I T E print. And tell them the good athlete project sent you.